a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X High Point Motocross Review, presented by Alpine Star Protects. Lots to talk about when it comes to High Point and everything that went down this weekend. Uh, but first up, flyracing.com. Please check them out. 2017 and a half kinetic mesh gear out now. The light hydrogen line is what a lot of the racers are wearing right now out there at uh, tracks like High Point. Blake Baggett wearing High Point, or wearing High Point, wearing Fly Racing. Zach Osborne wearing Fly Racing. And they are both the points leaders in the outdoor motocross series. So thanks to uh, flyracing.com for please checking this out. And. None other than Damon Bradshaw as an ambassador for fly racing. So if you're if you're on the fence about what kind of gear to wear, wear it because Damon Bradshaw wears it. And if you do, and if you don't wear it, he'll kick your ass. How's that? Uh, also, too, Alpine Star protects. They make much more than boots, people. Alpine Star protects uh, whether it's the the BNS neck tech carbon neck support system, the A1 Roost Guard, the Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace, uh, Alpine Star Protects have got, have got you covered. Uh, high quality, very, uh, very nice uh, protection line of Alpine Stars, and uh, we thank those guys as well for coming on board with us. Uh, with me on the line uh, from Fly Racing and uh, former pro racer, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. You know, this is, uh, this is the first time that you and I have done this alone. Um, you and Weege have done it alone before, and I was very jealous. But uh, this is the first, so I'm excited. Uh, I would have to go back and check the archives to see if that's 100% true. 100% sure. Um, it feel, 100% it sure. feels like we have done it uh, by ourselves. But why again? Nope. No, we've, we, we've always brought in Jimmy or Ping. We've always brought someone in uh-huh. whenever Weege was out. Um, very, why again? Very busy. Family things. Can't do it. Didn't even, even, didn't even really try. To say he could do it. Super out, he says. Quote, I quote, super out yep, yep. for this podcast. Right, yeah. right. Uh, JT, uh, Alpine Stars protects. That's something the w- WPS has picked up, the the whole line of stuff, and, and much more than uh, than just boots. Yeah, well, honestly, the two sponsors we have now between Fly and Alpine Stars makes my life a lot easier. Uh, this podcast used to be sponsored by a competitor that will go unnamed, uh, which was very, very tough on my heart. Uh, but, yeah, it's awesome now. Um, everybody has their own brand of choice and whatever, and that's all good. I, I think uh, for the health of the industry, we need lots of choices. Uh, but this definitely helps uh, helps me push to two things that I want to talk about a lot. Make, they make much more than boots. Everybody just thinks they're a boot company. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, this whole Alpine Starch Protects thing has been a big deal. You know, they, they uh, took over the medical truck this year, which was a big part of that. Um, and honestly, 
from, you know, I'm pretty inside on that deal. They just see that they have a lot to offer on the protection side. Uh, Boots is obviously what everyone, you know, that's ever ridden a motorcycle knows them for. But, man, you really start looking at the protection options that are out there from knee braces to neck braces to chest protection to uh, body suits to, I mean, just everything out there, you know, even elbow guards and knee guards and just even the the stuff that your average person that doesn't even race, he's never even raced before, but he's still going to wear something like that. Alpine Stars is really making a big push to bring innovation and even even the economically priced stuff. They really want to raise the bar in that stuff. So it's been fun to uh, to be a part of that ride and to watch it grow. Fly racing with the red plate in both classes. Wow, check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's a big deal. Pretty yeah. uh, proud moment for sure. Um, all right, high point. Let's get into it. Um, first of all, well, speaking of yeah, let's talk about something fun. We've been all we've been all serious and radio voice like promo stuff. Let's talk about. So, Damon Bradshaw, who was there um, at High Point, I wonder if he would have recognized High Point when you got there, because holy crap, man, um, you want to talk about a renovation. Uh, High Point went through it. Uh, Bradshaw Boulevard uh, gone, the start gone, uh, new sections added. Um, The riders I talked to liked it, but I think they preferred the old High Point better, but then again... Part of that could be just, you know, everybody doesn't, nobody likes change or whatever. But what did you think? Well, to start with, I, you know, with our relationship with Bradshaw, I got his opinion firsthand. I spoke with him several times on Saturday, which is uh, something if you would have told me when I was 10 years old, I would have laughed in your face uh, and probably ran out of there because I thought you were, you know, making things up. Um, but he, you know, he was, he was torn. Um, you know, he had so many memories and good memories. This was a great track for him. Uh, so he was on one hand, he was like, man, you know, it just doesn't feel like high point anymore. And that's a bummer. And, you know, as, as we progress and times change, you just lose the feel of it. And that, that was kind of what I echoed too, is it just, when I, when I'm watching the race, it doesn't feel like high point anymore. And, And each track has its own, uh, unique feel. If you've been to these races many times, you and I both have, uh, each race has its own feel. And I just, it, it just lost a little bit of that. Um, when you're in the pits, it's still high point. But just watching the watching the race, standing along the fence, it didn't feel as much like high point anymore. So um, there's always good and bad. You know, I, I do think there were some positive changes. I could see much more. No matter where I was yeah. standing, I could see much more of the track. So that's a positive for the uh, for the spectators on hand, which there was a big crowd. Um, but, you know, there, I think there's something that needs to be said for the heritage and tradition of these racetracks. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we lost a, a, a touch of that with the with changes. Um, man, they moved some serious dirt. Like, they did a ton of work, good, bad, or whatever. Holy smokes. Like, that whole start area is just unrecognizable now. I try to, like, picture the old start going up the hill, and, and they, they've leveled it. They flattened it. They, they, they moved it. It's just, wow. They did a ton of work. Yeah, it was good. You know, I think uh, I think the start was a positive change. As much as I like the old start, and don't even get me started on the uh, you know the the wood berm there, the plywood berm that you know we both loved. Um, it was just a, such a unique part of motocross. Um, I love the uphill start, but I will say if you were on the outside on that old uphill start, you had zero chance, and I mean zero chance of doing anything because it was so far to the first turn. Uh, the way the old start was set up, the first turn was basically a straight line from the inside gate to the inside of the turn to the inside apex. And then those guys just controlled the inside. And you know, th- those guys earned those spots. I get all that. Uh, but in the, in the spirit of fairness, 
Uh, I do think the start was better. There were no real first-turn crashes or pileups. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it was, a, it was a positive change. I don't know, man. You could, you could pull it from the outside. I, mean, I don't know about the very last gate. But Before? No. You, I've seen no way, some man. I've, yeah. I've been out there. I've been out there. Larry Ward, I swear Larry Ward pulled it one year from, Well, yeah. He, you when, know. He was on a, when he was on a 250F or something at our uh, 450, yeah, I don't know. else on. I don't know what the specifics were, but I, I seemed to – because somebody else told me, like they're like, oh, that start was so unfair. And I'm like, it, it, it was, but – I think guys pulled it here and there. They they just. I'm not saying it was. I'm not going to say it was impossible, but it yeah. was really, really. You were at such a disadvantage, and I, I think racing is better that no matter where you start, if you have, still have a chance at a whole shot, I think that's better for everybody. That yeah, was a it was quite a di- quite a bit different track, that's for sure. And like I said, uh, guys like Plessinger and Sipes, guys that I, you know that that have ridden there a ton, they were like, eh, it's okay. I like the old point, point better, but um, eh, yeah, you could see more. I think, that's for sure. I think I think the weather I think the weather played such a big role in that because most of the comments I heard were like, "Man, it's so sketchy and the ruts and everything," and that was just from the rain. You know, if if it yeah. hadn't rained Friday night yeah. and they were able to go out and just rip it up, I, I honestly think it would have been great. I, I think the layout was pretty cool, but I think the the rain and the the sketchy conditions where nobody was really having much fun riding it. I think that kind of uh, bled into everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Blake Baggett won again. Um, one, two on the day. A first great first moto ride. Um, and in a way, we've been talking about Baggett and Tomac matching up, and, and there's all this talk after Lakewood. And Blake was not scared to lay it out there, um, you know, after a first career win. But in a way, JT, I think they can both leave High Point with like, all right, I won. Do you know what I mean? Only one guy gets a trophy in the money, and but Baggett moves into the high, into the uh, into the points lead. But that second moto by Tomac, I mean, he 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 lowered the hammer down, and and Baggett, to his credit, matched him for a couple laps. And I was like, oh boy, we are set here. They were going two to three seconds faster than everybody else, and I'm like, it is on. It is officially on here, and. Um, Tomac broke him, quote-unquote. Tomac broke him. Um, so I think both guys can leave high point with, like, all right, I got this. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because on paper, I mean, it was a huge day for Baggett. You know, he made up several points on Tomac again. Um, his first moto was tremendous. You know, who, who's to say what would have happened in the first moto had Eli not crashed because Eli was in front of him. Uh, and the second moto, you know, I can kind of see both of their points. You know, Eli got out front. He, you know, Baggett had a really rough first lap, and Eli checked out. You know, and uh, once Baggett found his form, he 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 even turned a uh, I think a faster lap than Eli at one point. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know if and I've I've seen I've heard comments on both sides, and and I can I can understand both. And I'm not saying who's right or wrong, but for for Blake, when you're 12 seconds down. And you're only able if you're able to cut into the lead, but maybe half a second, you know, and you're pushing the edge on a really sketchy track. I think it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not going to get him. Like, I can't make up 12 seconds. You know, I think Blake was looking at it like I can beat him. And I think he firmly believes that, but I don't think I can make up 12 seconds. Like that's a that's a big ask on a sketchy track. And for Eli, he's like, yeah, I mean, I I did everything I was asked to do. We were. Blake was right in front of me. I passed him the first lap, and I w- ran away. You know, and I don't care whatever lap times he was running. I was already 12 seconds ahead at that point. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I really think it comes down to perspective at that point, and huh. both guys are never going to agree on on what actually happened there. Um, but as fans, I think we all just need to take it and be like, man, both yeah. of these guys had incredible motos. They both have the speed. Like, look at what their lap times were when they got clear. And it's just exciting to see when, when we do get this showdown and both of them are feeling it at the same time, it's going to be on. Yeah, that's what I said. Both guys can claim – I mean, and if, you're Eli, if you're Eli, you're like, uh, not only did I, you know, show – Show Blake Bagel what was up in that second moto without a call, without a, without a fall in the first moto. I might have won. I also moved. I think he was 17 back of the lead uh, after Lakewood. Uh, Tomac was, and because of Marv's injury, he's now 11 back. So you know, closer to yeah, first. Yeah, do you think that's do you think that's valid though? Because he he got passed by the new points leader. I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's all there's a million ways to twist yeah. things, and and all the people around you, like all the. All your entourage will, will are very good at doing that, <laughs> you know. Uh, somewhere in there is the real, you know, honest perspective. I think, but I think both sides get uh, oh, that's, get that's... to spin it however they want and and build their confidence from that. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's how I started this thing off. Like I don't, we don't, we don't have a winner in our battle because I think both sides yeah. have legitimate points that they quote unquote won. Uh, Blake Baggett won, of course. Yeah, I, you know, so right. and, and I, I think, and I, and I think get... if I had to choose, okay, go, go ahead. No, sorry, I, I say if I, if I had to choose a side because I do agree with you. I think both both of them left there being like, "Yep, that was uh, I, I finally showed kind of what the deal was." But I think I'd have to go with Blake just for the points, man. Well, you look at the yeah. points, and he he went in down I think nineteen uh, on the on the red plate, and he walks out of there with the red plate and an eight point lead. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a big day. So yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, yeah, and, yeah, I think if it went to the judges, I agree. If it went to a uh, five judge panel, let's give it to Baggett three to two. You know, <laughs> um, right? Because yeah, ultimately he. Did they're never that. gonna. They're never gonna see it that way. No, they're no, never gonna see no. it that way. But but I mean, Tomac, that second moto. You know, I think I'm gonna talk about the 250 class because I think we got a little clarity in that, and we might have some clarity in this class too because. When those dudes can go two to three seconds faster than everybody else for two three laps in a row, they're doing one fifty fives. Um, we might have we might have a little bit of a uh, of a breaking away here because that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on how Marv's knee is because I think he'll. It, I don't know what what's going to happen with that. I've had that injury on both knees and it's not not great. It's a it's a full pain thing where. Who knows what he what his pain tolerance is going to be as he you know the swelling goes down and um, it's not a functional issue typically with the misc it's his pain but I think Anderson's going to have good motos and he's getting pretty frustrated I think uh, I think he's going to reinsert himself at times into this fight but uh, as far as a, a title you know situation with Marv's injury it certainly looks like it's going to be a two horse race down the stretch for now anyway yeah. Um... Marv Roger said he had a meniscus issue, and um, so he could, he could get it like on the break if he can. There's a, I think there's three in a row now, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might be four. Three more. Yeah, three four in a row. Three more in a row. So uh, you know he's kind of screwed because it's about a two week heal um, to go in and clip it and you know meniscus and clean it out. But yep. I don't think you can really. Like he's gonna just have to put up with it. Like I don't, I don't think he can go in underneath the knife. He's so this might knock him out. Yeah, I was, I was talking to him to someone that knows him well, and 
you know, this this uh, injury happened on Thursday, just, you know, three days ago as we sit here on Sunday, which is the worst possible scenario, you know. Leaving Colorado, if he does that on Monday, it's you have some options, you know. You can go in, get it cleaned up. You know, you don't, you don't repair it at that point. You just have to basically cut some things out. And he could have went through this weekend knowing that Muddy Creek's going to be better and Red Bud's going to even be better than that. On Happening on Thursday before the event – and then having four events in a row, you're screwed. I mean, you have no no option other than to just suffer through it because you can't operate it. Like, even if he flew home, had it operated on Sunday, I don't think you can – I mean, anything's possible, I guess, but I don't think you can ride that next Saturday. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't see any doctor suggesting that that's a good idea. Yep. You really need that second week and that full weekend off to, to even have a chance. And with three more in a row, it really puts them in a tight spot. Not to mention it could cause locking issues, you know. Um, I don't know if it, it, right. if it is already, but you, you see that meniscus gets caught, a knee will lock. So I don't like, I don't like Marv's odds here, you know. Um, it'll, it's, it's just going to yeah, keep bothering him. If it's this bad, it's going to keep bothering him. So. Yeah, when you're looking at a guy that I wouldn't say he was a clear-cut favorite by any means, uh, he was going to be in the mix, let's say. I think leaving three rounds, he was going to be in the mix between he, uh, Eli, and Blake for this title. You know, if it was Ricky Carmichael and he was dominant or somebody like that, Dungy, Bill Poto in their prime, maybe, because they could limp through and you know they're going to win a bunch of races down the stretch and they can make it happen. But for a guy who is just going to be one of the guys, that's a really big ask to go into these next few rounds when you know he's going to be suffering. His, you know, his effort this weekend, he, he netted an 11th overall, and he salvaged some. But yeah, second motor was good, yeah. Put them up. Yeah, but if you go, what do you go, 17-6? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go 17-6 a couple weeks in a row, and you're going to be 50 points down, you know. Um, so that, that, puts a, that puts a lot of pressure on him to, to put some really good scores on the board. And you look at who's doing well. I mean, Anderson and those guys are fighting to stay in the top five, and they're going for it. I mean, they are not going slow. So Marvin, it's not like Marvin can just cruise, where I think a guy like Carmichael or Stewart, we've seen Stewart come back from injury and basically be nowhere near 100% still win. I don't think Marvin has that in it, you know, in his repertoire. So I think that just puts a really, really tough situation on him. And honestly, I think if it goes poorly the next week or two, I could see him uh, just opting to get it fixed and then come back. Yeah, that's that's Alden Baker rider move right there. Just you know what, you're not right. Get it fixed. We're done. You know. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he signed his deal. You know, he's going to be KTM's number one guy from, in my opinion, going into 18. If you're not going to win this thing, which I think you know, Muddy Creek will will give us a lot more insight to that. If, if basically they assess that, hey, we're screwed here, you know, we're already – we had another rough weekend, now we're 25 or 30 down, it's it's just not getting better quickly, I could see them making that move, absolutely. Yeah. We've, seen it, we've seen it happen before. Look at Stu in uh, 2008. He was the points leader. He was tied for the points lead and just backed out of the whole thing completely. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, did you watch the TV show yet from – uh, I watched, so I w- where I was at uh, in our fly racing tent, we have, uh, I was trackside and I had TV, so I watched both. But did you have the audio, though? I did not have the audio. Yeah, no. okay, I don't know. At some point, Roger DeCosta comes up to the announcer's tower where I was watching the race from, where mm-hmm. Lurch and Jimmy Albertson and Rob Bidas were all, were all up there announcing. And at some point, DeCosta comes in there and he's like, 
I got a call from Austria. You guys are saying Marv's bike is broken, which I don't recall any of us saying. And I also don't know how Austria is piped into the live tower announcing at High Point. I don't know how that is either. And <laughs> we're like all like, uh, I'm like, I don't. Who said this during practice? No. Oh, oh is, you were announcing the race. Yeah, this is first moto after the first moto. Okay, you were announcing. I couldn't hear any in track. No, I wasn't announcing. I was just up there hanging out, watching. Okay, got, um, it, got it. And okay. uh, and no one, I don't remember anybody saying it. It's possible that Lurch or Jimmy didn't know what was going on, but I, I told them, hey, Marv's got a bad knee before the moto. But um, so Roger's like, you, you, you know, you can't tell the bike's fine. It's Marv's knee. It's meniscus. And everyone's like, okay. It seems like confusing. And then I'm like, well. Langston must have said something, or Wygant must have said something on the TV show, and that's what people in Austria are hearing, because they're not piped into the live announcing. And then Wygant, who's not on the phone right now, but Wygant said that they knew there was the knee, and Langston and him were discussing the knee. So then that led me to think that maybe someone at the live announcing did say that, because those guys are maybe not quite as in touch as uh, Langston and Wygant. And then I'm like, how does Austria hearing about the the knee problem. And then at some point, Wygant said he got a text from KTM PR saying it's not his bike. Dude, I don't know. But they were very, very adamant to fix that it was not the bike. Someone in Austria, huh. Pitt, Pitt, Pitt uh, buyer <laughs> was, you know, Mr. Peer or whoever. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I, just, I would assume someone heard it and then they texted KT, you know, texted Austria and, you know, the – Technology these things these days things happen quickly. Um, I don't know. I did hear Jimmy say uh, in the afternoon that that Marvin was dealing with a knee injury. Right. I, I, the only thing I don't know is if that was pre or post Roger visiting the tower. I don't, um, I don't but I do know. know at some point they were talking about a knee injury. I don't know, but people in Austria were real clear that it was not a bike problem. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just well, like I'm blown away a yeah, little bit. And I, I, you know. Just like, I can no. understand it because that's it's brutal for your for your image as a company if there's no clarity on that and people are because there are you know there are message boards there are people that's, sitting at home that that they're not insiders they don't they're casual fans and yeah but that's a bad look if then if it then come out Sunday morning and tell everybody Sunday morning what's up with Marv. For example, Marv, yeah. Marv had a 15th place qualifying time. I walk over to the KTM guys and a mechanic, not Frankie, a mechanic there. I said, uh, what's up with Marv? And they said, uh, why, what do you mean? He was out there. I go, yeah, but he pulled in early. And then the mechanic says, well, why, why stay out there? And I go, because he was 15th in qualifying? And the guy goes, no, he's fine. And I'm like, okay, all right, great, thanks. You know, uh, I was basically, well, you know, so get out in front and say, hey, Marv hurt his knee. This is what we're dealing with, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's, it's no big deal. It's not a huge deal. I just found it very strange that DeCosta took the time out of the mode. Like, basically, as the checkers were flying, he was in the announcer's tower telling us Marv's knee and not the bike. And I'm like, yeah, we, right. we knew that. I don't know. It's very, very I, I think, uh, you know, this, the age old uh, tradition of this sport is to never give any information about injuries ever. Um, which flies in the face of basically every other sport in the world because they're forced to give injury details. Uh, I think they were hoping that Marv would be okay, and they didn't want to give away any. Uh, you know, they think that everyone thinks there's this big mental edge that's gained when someone's hurt. 
So I think they really wanted to keep that under wraps, and hopefully he would be okay and be running around, you know, two, three, four, five, and they didn't want to give anybody any uh, extra mental boost. Or and they just wanted to keep their, you know, cards close to the vest. So I don't know that that's the right way or wrong way, but I yeah. think going into the weekend, that's what they hoped, and that's why they did it. But once it was apparent that he wasn't right, you know, that I think you just go right away and say, hey, this is the deal. He's suffering. Um, it's going to be a rough day. He's going to do the best he can. I love the onslaught of PR about to make sure, even to the point of the live announcing. Um, hey, so well, you know what hap- you know what happens there though is the boss, you know, being Pitt or whoever, uh, Mr. P. Reiner, uh, whoever was upset about this, they yelled at someone, and then everything flows downhill, and everyone just goes into panic mode about getting the word out. Yeah. So <laughs> having a lot of bosses right now, I know how that works, and uh, someone gets pissed at the top of the food chain, and everyone scrambles. Um, Jason Anderson qualified fastest, but you weren't a fan of his line to get that. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I've heard that someone forced him into that line, but I do know he hauled ass in that line. <laughs> so... Um, right before the finish, there was, you know, the track was really rough and tumble in practice. It was ruddy and bumpy and these guys are pushing the edge. Um, when I saw his practice time come across, I saw him do the move. Last lap. Like, Holy cow. Yeah, it was last lap. Yeah. yeah. And then I, yeah, he just basically jumped in the water truck lane and then went around a bunch of bumps and ruts. And, you know, his time was a second and a half or almost two seconds better than everyone, which should be a kind of an indicator like, uh, what? How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's possible. We've seen Eli three seconds better and stuff like that. But yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's two weekends in a row. Well, he was been, he, uh, he was fined and warned, and um, the yep. fine is the fine is probationary or something. And then, but did you see his line in the first turn? Yes, I yeah, did. Very yeah. inside. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's not scared. He's pushing the envelope. <laughs> yeah, he's pushing the envelope. But I mean, from what we've seen, there's. Uh, our sport doesn't like to uh, hand out very severe penalties. So um, I can't really blame him in that aspect, man. If you're, if you feel like you can get away with it and you're not, you're okay with uh, maybe losing a few thousand here and there, and it's going to make a big difference in your results. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I would do it. I'm not saying I would do it, but I can understand the rationale anyway. So Anderson goes five, three for second and tickle is on the box with a four, four. I love it, man. These nationals are great right now. Like I know we just talked about, about when uh did, what? did you see Bogle try to try to kick Anderson? Yeah, what was up with that? <laughs> I don't really uh Anderson just got to the inside of him and yeah, pushed him I out. didn't think it was all that aggressive. No. Yeah, I didn't think it was all that aggressive, but you know, what happens there is you get a reputation of being overly aggressive, which Anderson certainly has. And when Bogle goes down and he sees who it is, you know, that's that's just a natural reaction and sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's not. But I think that's just the reaction you're going to get every time in any scenario like that. Well, Anderson's not a fan of Baggett either from back in the day, you know? And Oh, no. And so this could be really good shaping up here, you know? Um, but I love the fact that we're, you know, this, this series is so nutty. A 5-3 gets you second, full 4 gets you third. I love it. It's been a while since we've seen that. It's, 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 yeah, that's, that's you know? 250 style result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tickle in the I don't know if you noticed, but the last I gotta look this up. The last ten minutes of Moto One for Tickle, he was on fire. I don't know what, what he found out there, but he was on fire. He okay, he was uh 
One, two, three, four, five, six. You know, uh, he was seventh with eight laps to go and moved all the way to fourth. Uh, past Anderson, past Webb, uh, past Josh Grant, I believe. No, he, yeah, he got Josh. No, he didn't get Josh Grant. Um, and he no, was all over Josh Grant. Yeah, he was all over Grant. Like, dude, he was awesome. And second moto, he pulled a holy and, uh, and he led for a little bit, I think, for a few turns or something. But, um, yeah, Tickle was really good. Really good. Yeah, he, you know, and this, this track is what I think Brock would excel at. You know, uh, technical, ruddy, hot. Uh, just, just difficult conditions. Whatever dip- the word "difficult conditions" means to you, or the phrase "difficult conditions" means to you, that's where I see Brock uh, excelling. So, um, going in, I thought he would do well. Um, I didn't know if he would get third overall or not, but yeah, I mean, this is what Brock does. You know, he's. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the fittest guys. Uh, you don't hear about it a lot. People don't ride it a lot, but he's super fit, um, and he never gets tired. And, I mean, if we go back a year ago, these were the same results he was putting in. You know, he was yeah. right exactly what he's doing right now. So it shouldn't be a surprise, even though it is. Right. He podiumed Muddy Creek last year. So coming up this weekend, Muddy Creek, coming off a podium now, maybe he'll do it again. Yeah, I don't see any reason why he won't be a podium threat every week, especially with Marv struggling, because mm-hmm. I think those three were – they put the podium really in a really tough spot to attain. But with Marv struggling, it opens a spot week in and week out. Yeah. For now, anyway, we'll see how Marv does. Wow. That third spot seems like it's, you know, with, for whether it's Anderson or Tickle wow. or Marv or who knows, there's there's people that can jump in there. Perhaps Tomac can stop shooting himself in the foot. I mean, like that's two weeks in a row, looking good, you know, first lap. Yeah, but I, I think, I think you know, as a – on a law of averages, I think, you know, Blake and Eli are going to be on that podium overall. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows with Marv. Um, but I think with Marv struggling, that third spot is going to be open. Because I, I do think those two are going to be on the podium more times than not as we get on the, you know, get on the stretch right. here. Uh, what is the deal with Eli, like, not seemingly to be in a hurry to get going? Whether it's New York Supercross, whether it's Colorado, you know? Just, he takes his yeah, time. I don't know. I, you know the this weekend, I think he crashed pretty good, so it's, yeah. it's hard to, <laughs> to go. You know, yeah. um, the the New Jersey one will forever haunt. You know, yeah. confuse me. I, I have no idea. I will never know unless he told me. And even if he told me, I don't think it would make any sense, and I probably still wouldn't understand. Um, but yeah, there's something to be said. I mean, uh, you know, sense of urgency, whether it's two seconds or eight seconds, uh, it's hard to make up eight seconds, you know? Yeah. That's not easy to do, especially when you're getting towards the end of the moto and you're not that much better than the guys you're catching. I would love to have eight seconds, you know, and if it if it's something he needs to work on and you say, hey, in the middle of your moto, I just want you to fall over and pick your bike up <laughs> and restart and take off. I mean, something's got to change because he's giving, he's giving away time, you know, and you can't do that. Um, yeah, so uh, Dean Ferris, do you think the coster – was watching Ferris in second and being like, hey, I should look at that guy for next year. <laughs> uh, he's really impressive. I, honestly, wonder, I wonder what he's doing. Honestly, he was, he was so bad in Supergrass that year that I could completely understand where Roger was coming from that year. Yeah, but appara- uh, I don't think that... Apparently they told him to pack his bags early, like like when he was more of an outdoor oh, yeah. guy. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously they jumped the gun, but... I think they were just like, what did we do here? You know, this is this is Matt Moss again, which I know you love to talk about. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, he was incredible all day. The second moto wasn't that great. I think he kind of ran out of steam there, the second moto, because he, he had to code Alex in his sights and just yeah. was completely well, unable to do anything about he it. He came from dead last. He fell in the second turn. Dead, 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 dead last. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I, and like I said, I think he just ran out of steam there. Right. You know, he's coming out of the winter winter time in Australia, and his first moto, he obviously was just, you know, emptying the tanks trying to win a moto. Um, but, yeah, what a day for him. It was incredible. Yeah, second place, man. Like, cycle trader bike. Uh, he said he brought his full race bike pretty much to me. Didn't have tie or right. wheels, but, you know, motor and suspension and, you know, chassis. So he was on a very familiar bike, and you don't luck into second, you know. Um, but he said he was yeah, He said he was really tired after the first moto, for sure. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody last night or this, somewhere in the past 24 hours asked me if uh, – did he get bonuses or did he, you know, it sucks if he didn't and do that well and not make any money. And I'm like, don't worry. He made plenty of money yesterday. He's not going to get it until, you know, January of next year, starting January of next year, but he made a lot of money yesterday. Why? You think this gets him over here? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yep. Whether it's, uh, whether it's on the same team he was just on, yeah. because those guys have budget. They have a, they have a big outside sponsor. Uh, I don't know. He, he made some, he made some money yesterday. I'm telling you, somebody getting, getting podium and motos is, is worth a lot of money. Like yeah. there's not many teams that can do that. Soupy though. He didn't, I don't know. That's fine. We'll I, I mean, even if it's just outdoor only, he made some money yesterday. Right. Um, Yeah. We'll see. He looked he looked great though. That was awesome. And he and that and that second moto was fine, dude. He was way back and charging hard. And then like like he said, he ran out and like you know ran out of energy, and that's understandable. But uh, nice ride for Dean Ferris for sure. Um, what else? Uh, Thomas Sipes was good. I don't know if that's uh, yeah. If he's related to out of nowhere, Pooh and Ryan. But if he's from that family, or you know, I'm not exactly sure. But Thomas Sipes was great. Strong name. Strong name. How does that happen? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would I would assume because he was on a different team, you know, going into this event that he's never been on, that they entered him with his full name compared to what, you know, he's always been on Husky or Star or whatever, and that stuff happens. Like, they enter their full name, and it's just a different person signing him up than wouldn't normally it, is. It, it wouldn't happen under Cindy Thomas's watch. <laughs> Well, whatever. It's just however they submit the form. Like, there's Doris at the AMA is not really uh, going over this with a fine tooth comb, you know. <laughs> so it's whatever whatever goes in the form is what's going to happen. Uh, no, he was pretty good though. He was consistent, and you know when you're talking about Ryan Sipes, that's who we're talking about. And uh, you always talk about fantasy killers. Ryan Sipes is the king of it, uh, but he actually uh, he did all right. Yeah, he was okay. I didn't pick him because of what just what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Way too much negative history, but uh, yeah, he was solid. I mean, it wasn't a, a lights out performance. We're just like, oh my god, this side yeah. guy, you know. But he was solid for sure. Yeah, he was good. Well, just with him not riding this whole series, you're like, ah, is he going to make it yeah. through both motos or whatever? So absolutely, um, yep. hot day, tough track, you know. He was good. Um, Pike hurt his wrist in the second moto, pulled off. Barsha, I didn't see the crash, but I guess Barsha's crash was pretty good. Did you see it? I did not see his crash. I saw his helmet. Um, and I talked to, uh, some people that know him well, and, uh, he was okay for the most part, but, uh, just didn't feel a hundred percent, a little yeah. busy, just, you know, it yeah. wasn't a good idea. So, um, so Barsha didn't race. Uh, I thought Craig came back a little early, you know, but yeah, I was, we talked about this on our, uh, our, our NFAB fantasy podcast. And, uh, that was what I was scared of. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like it's, it's really soon. 
he'll get a good start. He'll run up front, but if he takes a rock to the hand, if he lands funny, if you know you cross rut and yeah. you're, you know, anything happens weird, there's going to be a lot of pain. Um, and I just I was nervous he was going to not make you know one of the two motos, and that's exactly how it played out. I think it's safe to say, after the last three motos, Cooper Webb is fixed, quote unquote. He's fixed. Like you think so? Well, I see no problems with a with a with a four fifty rookie going six five. He got fourth at Lakewood second moto. Like, like it's not it's not to have a party and and you know get some balloons and stuff. But it's fine. He he's figuring it out. And and so it, it went. It was going terribly, and he's turned it around. No, it's better. Absolutely better. Um, I don't think he's satisfied by any means. You know. Um, but if you look at Glenn Helen when he pulls off and he really has no reason to pull off, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's certainly a long way from there. So yeah, I think he'll continue to get better. He's always been a slow starter in these outdoor races. Muddy Creek's kind of been the time when he turns it on, you know, yeah. in these in these past years. So I don't. I'm not saying he's going to turn it on mm-hmm. per se, uh, but you know, six five, as you said, six five is uh, is much better than yeah. you know whatever his Glenn Helen results were. Did you? Did you uh, watch the two-stroke uh, right or invitational thing? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. How I was did, standing right on. Okay. Of, uh, how did RV? RV. How, how did RV look? Um, he looked okay. Okay. He was. Uh, I talked to him this morning at the airport, and he said that <laughs> the bike he borrowed was one of the softest setups he's ever ridden on. And he said it was like the track was super soft and ruddy, and the uh, the bike was super soft. And he said it scared him a few times. So he back he he was trying to go fast the first lap or two, and he's like, ah, I need to I need to not do this. I'm gonna end up not even be able to go home if I do something stupid here. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I don't know what I was doing, but I didn't watch it. Uh, I saw him at the airport this morning too. Uh, so it must have been right right before me or after me. Uh, two things. I don't know what shocked me more. He told me he crushed it, of course. Um, <laughs> So I don't know how you can crush a like a exhibition ride or whatever. Uh, that'd be like uh, Apollo Creed saying he crushed the exhibition. Well, you can't with, you can't really argue with a nine time champion. No, you just basically just say yep, yep, you killed it. And then the second part was I was in the Cowie truck and he was asking everybody where the broom was, and then he grabbed the broom and started sweeping the Cowie truck, the floor of the Cowie truck, and I was just like, <laughs> wow, how the mighty have fallen. And of course, he was sweeping it, saying, "You know, he's the only one who cares about this truck, and he's, you know, he's the only guy." And I'm just like, "Oh my god, this guy!" So I don't know what I was more shocked at. Yeah, for for people listening that don't know him, as you know, you know him better than I do, but I know him pretty well. I spent a lot of days out riding with him. He's uh, he's a character. Yeah. He's, most people don't see it, but that guy, you know, when he feels comfortable, is a character. Um, what do you think of Grant's ride? Three eleven. I thought he was good. Yeah, I, I honestly crappy, thought he was going to win that first moto. Crappy band, too, by the way, 311. Um, 311? You don't yeah. like that? that down song was really yeah. good. No, garbage. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, he was riding pretty well, first moto. But, you know, I, I, I like Baggett the whole way. After a Tomax crash, I'm like, ah, I think Eli's, you know, yeah. Eli's got this. Um, but uh, I thought he would beat Ferris. I really did. Yeah. Um, I thought he would beat Ferris. Yeah. And then the second moto, he was going for it, and then he crashed. So the the eleven in the second moto isn't really representative of, yeah. of how he was riding at all. He, he just uh, he really should have checked up. He should have checked up though. On that was uh, who was that? It wasn't it wasn't Wilson. Marvin. It was Marv. Like 
Marv had it, and he drove it in really hard and then probably a little bit tired. You know, it's like, hey, just let him have it. I don't know. Like, I said, it wasn't. Uh, I think he had him. You know, he was trying to get by. And I don't know. I think he felt good at that point. And well, Marv, was, yeah, Marv caught say. him. Marv caught him. And, and you know, yeah, so. I think he still had something to give, though, is more what I'm saying. Like, I don't think yeah, he was yeah. tired or like, man, I, you know, I think he was still like ready to fight Marv. And it's tough. You know, you don't want to give up. And if you, especially if you're not tired at all, you know, the, the biggest problem is he just. He pushed it in there a little bit too tough, and then he high-sided over that rut. I yep. think he should have just pinned it and tried to jump across the rut, and <laughs> just, he probably would have been okay. Yeah, he probably would have nailed Marv but, then. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> jump the rut into the it's side. It's not like of, he's scared to do that either. No, into the side of Marv's knee. Ask Mookie. Yeah. Um, Ala Lakewood with Alessi, almost exactly the same. Boom. Um, no, no. That, was, that was the universe. No, that's true. Um yeah, all right, let's uh, let's move to 250s uh, from High Point. After this commercial break, though, flyracing.com, Alpine Star Protects as well, is on board with us. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Use the code PULPMX17 to save on motor and suspension work at the folks at Racetech, as well as uh, Michelin Starcross 5. Uh, check it out. Great tire, uh, great prices, and fits a lot of things. So let's uh, listen to this commercial. We'll be right back after this with uh, JT Money. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects. For coming on this podcast. Now, here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things has been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulpmex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything, I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, 
medium, and hard versions and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back. FlyRacing.com and Alpine Star Protects. Sorry, I'm just looking for a pen here, JT. Um, high Point Review. Jason Thomas, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, so 250s, another good day, and maybe the hero of the day, Aaron Plessinger. Gets, crashes in practice, hits his, basically his wiener on the handlebars, told me, cut the tip, and then the at the base, there was a lot of blood, he's told me. And uh, so, he went from that uh, to getting uh, fixed up, and he said it's all wrapped, It wrapped. they wrapped it up really good in the Alpine Star medical unit, and uh, Aaron Plessinger, folks, what a hero, because uh, I don't know if I would have been able to race. 3-3 for Aaron. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Um, I was watching in a in the fly tent whenever he crashed, and he runs off the side of the track, and he's he's holding uh, you know that area, and the guy's like, oh, he hurt. He looks like he hurt his wrist, and I'm like, no, no, that's uh, that's his junk. Yeah. He has done damage to his junk right now, um, and I didn't know if he'd be able to ride or how bad it was or whatever. But he was uh, he pulled. I don't know if you saw Will Hahn's Instagram picture but he pulls his pants down he's like messing with it right in front of will and will's like got his head like right in there trying to see it it's pretty pretty comical <laughs> um yeah will said something about when you see more than what you wanted to or something um <laughs> i was like asking him about it and then i'm like he's laughing because he's pleasanger because he's like spicoli he laughs after every sentence and then uh i'm like i, I said i, I don't want to see it but i want to see it <laughs> He's just like laughing. I'm like, I don't like how bad is it, you know? Um, but he was good. Um, I thought he hit the wall late in the uh, second moto, and he regrouped and, and moved up uh, past Alex Martin, by the way, and Ferrandis. Uh, and uh, he was really good because all things considered, Plessinger rode great. How did, how did, I don't understand how Plessinger passed Alex Martin. That doesn't, can you explain that for me? Well, when we fall in the second turn in the first moto, and an absolutely blitz through the pack, setting the fastest lap times of the moto uh, to work all the way up to seventh. Sometimes then we get a little tired. It wears us out for the second. Well, my, my guy got Lorena bobbited in practice, so I don't want to hear your excuses about crashing in the first no, moto. Listen, my listen. guy lost manhood in practice. He did, and High Point and Indiana are going to be problems for us. There's no doubt. So we got through one of them, losing only a minimal of points. And at that, like I said, Plessinger was the real hero um, of the day with his 3-3. Screw Martin and Osborne. Screw J. Martin and Osborne. Uh, 3-3 with uh, wrapped up junk and all that uh, is, is a big deal. Um, so we're, we're fine. We, we were very fast in that first moto, ripping through the pack. And the second moto, we just got a little tired, but it's understandable, you know? 
He was fast at the beginning, though, man. Oh, yeah. Fast. I thought he was going to win the moto. I thought I he did, was going to win the moto. I did, too. I thought he was going to win. I'm like, yeah, I think he wins. Um, but uh, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know what exactly happened. But, hey, the the Wiener, the Wiener injury from Plessinger, that happened to my buddy Daryl in, like, uh, 93 or 94. The pro circuit silencer used to come with, like, a tip. You know, a real sharp round mm-hmm. uh, tip on the end, and they don't sell those. And I think it's for the reason that just the tip, just the tip. And I think it's for the reason that my buddy Daryl, but the bike cartwheeled and that silencer cut him for seven or eight stitches in his wiener. Seven or eight. Stitches. Do you think that this could? Uh, do you think that Plessinger could par- uh, parlay this into a wiener schnitzel deal? I don't know. If anybody deserves it. It's him. Um, so it happens. But no, the, you're you're right though. Those things used to impale people. That's why you're not allowed to use those tips anymore that, for impaling people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So Jmart two one, Osborne one two, and like the Baggett Tomac deal, I don't know who has really bragging rights here because uh, Osborne caught Jmart and passed him in the first moto, and the second moto, um, Jmart rode well. Osborne never really got into. The groove, but Osborne got close enough to Jmart to you know try to get him and couldn't. So both guys can leave with their head held high. Yeah, I think it was even Steven on that front. Um, I think uh, you know if Zacho can can spend every weekend, even if he takes second overall the whole way, I think that's a win for him because he he's been granted a bunch of points. You know, Jmart struggles at the beginning of the season. And I don't think J-Mart is the, uh, you know, he's not right at the top. So um, if he can do that every weekend, if he goes, you know, one, two and ties for the overall, even if he doesn't win, man, that's, uh, that's a strong weekend. I'm sure he just shook, uh, shook J-Mart's hand and said, yep, you were the better guy, Sakamoto, and let's move on. Yeah, exactly. I got it. How about Osborne's? Pulling off of the goggles, breaking the visor, and then looking at Amart and riding to the outside. I said, "Do you feel good about that?" And he's like, "What's I supposed to do?" <laughs> he goes, "What's I supposed to do without goggles? If I got behind him, like I wouldn't have been able to get him." I'm like, "Okay, as long as you can sleep at night, Zacho." It's a greasy well, move. Well, I saw somebody comment or tweet or something, and they were just outraged about the move. Oh, but it, no, I mean, whatever. No. He didn't. He didn't put Alex in danger. Alex, no, no, no. Think, you know, like whatever. It's greasy. It's a greasy move, but that's okay. Whatever. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, for, for Zach's defense, he kind of was, like, screwed. Like, he couldn't see. He had a visor hanging off. Like, he's, like, he's just trying to do anything. Goggles, goggles were flopping yeah. everywhere, right? Right. Yeah. If, if Alex had already committed to the jump, that would change everything yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, because then it makes it completely dangerous. But, I mean, Alex was completely aware of what was going on. He could see Zach going over there. And, yeah. you know, he's probably pissed at him. Like, dude, what are you doing? But yeah, yeah. it wasn't, like, dangerous in any No, way. it was greasy. It was greasy, but hey, that's fine. Whatever you gotta do that kind of stuff uh, to get titles. I don't know um, this. I'm not. I'm not a hip to the lingo, so I don't know what you mean by greasy. Well, but just you I'm know, assuming we we like, agree. Not dirty, just you know, kind of like ah, uh, you know, he knows what he did. Like he's like, oh yeah, I just drove to the outside. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah, and hundred percent. Neymar's like, come on, bro, because literally, I watched it on TV uh, that corner a lot from the announcer's tower, and uh, no one else ever made that move. Like no, if you were committed no. on the inside, you did the inside, and you singled, and if you went outside, you doubled. And uh, Zach was the only guy I ever saw that did that move, and that's fine, whatever. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't figure out why um, Zach wasn't going outside all day. It was so much faster. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I didn't think but, it was that much whatever. better. Yeah, you did. You thought it was way faster. 
Yeah, just every time I saw somebody go outside, they made a pass there. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I didn't have a stopwatch or anything, but right. he never went out there. Never did it. Um, well, maybe he was scared of it. Uh, J-Mart, after, uh, after J-Mart finished telling me, um, not when I was recording them, but finished telling me what an idiot Phil is for their feud, uh, J-Mart said, uh, you think I'd be in the lead if I didn't have my bike blow up? And I'm like, how, how far are you back? And he's like, 18. And I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> he probably would have had. He'd be close. Yeah, he really probably would have got a top four in that moto or something. You know, I don't remember what he was when uh, when the motor blew. I think he was six or seven. You know, he's coming up. Um, yeah. And I just go, probably. That and, a, that and well, five I bucks. Tell you, get on, your top of that, on top of that, tossing away the lead when you're uh, – Running, like you know, trying to check out for to go one one at Glen Helen. Oh that's, yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. That's true too. He didn't even bring that up. But um, so Osborne's got the lead over J Mart and A Mart. Um, Perandis was pretty good this weekend. Charged hard again. Uh, four four on the day for him. A Mart seven five, like we talked about. So, uh, PC guys, not a not a great day for them. I really thought Forkner was coming in a one moto, but uh, he kind of hit a wall a little bit. Yeah, they uh, they're dealing with some issues over there. I don't think anybody's happy or satisfied with the riding or the their you know machinery. Or I think there's they got uh, several problems over there. So why? What do you mean? Um, they, didn't I'm sure they didn't break this weekend. No, but I think they're still dealing with things. Whether it's practice or the motos, I don't think everything's clicking on all cylinders yet. Mm-hmm. So well, that could be true. Peyton hasn't been in the nicest of moods lately. Um. Yeah, I think I think they're definitely working through some things still. Savachi fell and uh, went backwards, so not a good day for him. Adam, I don't know what happened second moto to AC. Just a bad starter. He must have fell also at some point. No, he had some issues. He had some issues. Oh, so that's where you're coming from. Sure. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know he, what to attribute it to. I don't know what was wrong. I don't know that they know what was wrong, but he uh, he he was dealing with some issues. He he was way back to start, then moving up to 14, then back to 19. Then up to 16, and then I think eventually back uh, back up to 13, like almost like a real yo-yo race for him. Because um, I was paying attention because yep. I was watching him rip through the pack, and I was wondering how far he could get. So uh, RJ Hampshire is back. Forgot about RJ, man. It's been so long. He was good. Yeah, got good he starts. Did. He was way better than I thought he would be. Yeah, good starts. Nine eight. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, he was fast. Like, I, you know, first race first race back is always difficult, you know, and I know from personal experience and then watching much more other people, it's difficult. You know, you jump into a series that everyone's already up to speed and you've been out for several months. Um, it doesn't usually go that well, but I was impressed, man. Good for him. Uh, it bodes well for his uh, summer, you know, if, if he yep. can jump in and do that well on, on a hot day with a really difficult track. Um, and Luke Reslin, welcome back, Luke. Where you been? Or, right, walking to the Nationals. So, yeah, that was uh, much, much, much better. And, and we're, you know, we're talking about a guy that went fifteen twelve on the day, but yeah, uh, that was no significant improvement. Right. Um, Henry Miller screwed me in fantasy. Motor blew up or something. Somebody yes, said. He did. Well, he pulled off. I don't know what was going on. He pulled off and rode off the track like next to our tent, like literally with his okay. helmet off. So right. there could have been something wrong with the bike, and he just was r- able to ride it back, but right. something was going on. Uh, what did you think of Sexton? Made his Finally made his pro debut. I talked to him after the race, and he told me, like, uh, yeah, I think I can be top ten every week. That's the goal. Like, the second moto was, was good, and, uh, you know, he's caught in that crash in the first moto. Yep. Yeah, he got screwed. He was uh, His bike was stuck um, with Alex Martin, and the first moto in the start, I was 
uh, standing right next to the start. And uh, so that put him way back, and he was only able to get up to 19th. Uh, but he rode pretty well. Uh, and then the second moto, I, I really was nervous about his fitness and coming from the back mm-hmm. and how he'd be, but he was strong. He went, uh, he was in like, you know, he was just inside the top 20 and steadily moved all the way up. And, you know, the last lap or two, he went from maybe 13 to, to 10 with like two laps to go. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good performance by him. Uh, Sean Cantrell and Moseman had their worst races, and you kind of called this, JT. Well, yeah, Moseman had a big crash at the uh, the second moto, uh, hurt his shoulder. He's he's going to be fine, um, but that was uh, a bit scary for a minute. They weren't sure if he was actually okay or not. Uh, and then Cantrell was a little more of what I thought. You know, I thought yeah. that it would, guys are just uh, on tracks they're not as familiar with, and as everybody gets up to speed, it's going to be tougher. Than, uh, than maybe what they thought. So I'm not claiming I was right, but uh, at least look that way. We'll see what uh, what they can bring. I just think it was a completely different dynamic than what they're used to as far as that track goes. Um, I don't like I so so what I was touching on earlier in the pod, and and again like eh, you don't want to make these judgments uh, after a race because lots of shit can happen. Uh, but wouldn't be surprised to start seeing J Mart and Osborne break away here. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, we'll, I see, think that, we'll see guys get in the mix, you know, but, um, you know, I, was, I don't know. I, was I don't know worried. if I, I, I just bit, think start, I think the starts are too important. Yeah. I was a bit worried about J Mart's bike. Looks good though. You know, no problem. Osborne is fit. And you know, that second moto, well, let me see, what did Osborne come around, uh, in that, in that first moto? Like, he was, uh, somewhere around eight or nine. Yeah. Nine. So, I don't want to say it was easy for Osborne to get the second from ninth, but this is multiple races that if he just survives the start, okay, he can move up on his fitness and speed and just gradually get these guys. So, you know. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think the next couple of rounds, I think Osborne will be great at Muddy Creek. It's a home race for him. It's going to be super hot. It, it may be the hottest race of the year. I, I haven't looked at the weather, but just going off of history and knowing what I know about Muddy Creek. And it's his home race, uh, maybe Bud's Creek would be more, but either way, I do think those guys will will shine. It's going to be very similar conditions to what we saw this past weekend, track and weather. Um, Red Bud, Zacho is really good there, so I think J Mart is too. J Mart's great at Red Red Bud, yep. but I still think guys like Alex, I think Plessinger, um, and I think the Pro Circuit guys are capable of winning still. So I, I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Um, I think, you know, if, if Zacho's starts aren't perfect, I think if uh, J-Mart's the same thing, I don't think they can just come from 20th to the top three. I, I think those other guys are, on a, on a normal day, they're, they're pretty strong. You know, and, and if Tabachi gets it figured out, he, you know, he won Thunder Valley, so we can't just count him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to see too much variance to just say those are the two guys. Well, I don't know, because JT, yeah, it's a 250 class and anything can happen. And, and and I'm not saying it's going to be domination, but we always see some guys rise to the top as these races beat on, and as the other guys get beat down, you know. And Martin, J. Martin, and Osborne just seem such to be such hammerheads that you know I like their program, their training program, and what they're doing. So we'll see. They're yeah, I think they're the two best guys right now. I, I do would agree with that, I mean, but I just think. It, if we learned anything about the 250 class, it's yeah. to expect the unexpected. So uh, I, I just think we're going to be, we're going to have weekends like this weekend, and then we're going to have weekends where 
guys like Savachi win and Ferrandis wins a moto and, you know, AC's on the podium and it's just, just, you know, Alex Martin doesn't get tired and wins a moto. It's just weirdo results. But I think overall, overall, those are your two best guys. I mean, we, we had four of us on our preseason and two guys picked J-Mart and two guys picked Zacco for the title. Right. And right now yep. they're one, two in points, you know? So I guess we'll see. What else? What else from oh, Kyle Cunningham? Last lap crash, lost like five spots. Poor Kyle Cunningham. In the yeah, he went from uh, he went from uh, nine to twelve, nine to thirteen, like I think. Yeah. So uh, Colt Nichols wasn't very good. I think he went down in the first moto somewhere. In the second moto, he must have also went down, but I didn't see it. it must have been late though, because he was up there for a while. Or maybe I'm getting the moto. Yeah, he ended up he ended up DNFing the second moto. Um. Did he? Because he was still credited with, th- I believe so. He's still credited with thirtieth. So, uh, yeah, but I, that was that was the only people that were still out there. Yeah, like that's pretty gnarly to only have thirty guys still. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, anything else catch your eye? Two fifty wise? Um, not really. You know, we have. Uh, I think Benny Bloss will be back fairly soon. Trey Kennard comes back at Redbud, so we have some guys that can. Uh, I don't know how much Benny Boss is going to battle at the front, but if he rides like he did at Unadilla, it's possible. Um, I'm interested to see what Kennard's got. He's one of those guys that uh, can certainly be a top five guy. Um, oh, dude, yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. As much as we said, we have no idea what to expect. We're starting to get a picture painted of who's going to be, you know, legit and and maybe who's going to kind of settle for the the backside of the top ten. Yeah, Kennard. If you told me he got third, I'd be like, okay. If you told me he got tenth, I'd be like, okay. I have no idea. I right. don't know. Um, yeah, I, nobody knows what. <laughs> nobody knows what to expect. I would assume even Trey doesn't know what to expect. Uh, Filthy Phil should be back too, man. He's he's way ahead of schedule. So he was hoping Red Bud, you know. So is he even riding yet? No, but oh, you can't race if you haven't ridden yet. He, There's no way. He. Uh, he was hoping the red butt or the week after, so I don't know. Uh, he was supposed to ride last. I mean, week. if you haven't ridden yet, you you yeah, it's impossible. You know, I you mean, know, you could go out there, but you're not going to do anything. Um, you know who's been finding each other a ton is uh, Freddie Norton and Dakota Alex are right around each other a lot. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Yeah. I think Alex has been pretty steady. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's not grabbing any headlines, but he's been right around that 15, 14, 15, 16 every time. He's solid, he's in shape, you know. I, I expected better starts. I thought he would be grabbing some hole shots, but uh maybe he'll, maybe that'll change. They asked Baggett Baggett laid off some of his talk last week. And I mean, what did you think of all that? Uh, you know what I, you know, Blake is one of the only guys that has ever gone head-to-head with Eli Outdoors and been able to get the best of him consistently. And I think he's one of the only guys that really doesn't, in their heart of hearts, really fear. And I don't know if fear is the right word, but he's not concerned with Eli. He feels like he can beat him. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think that's what Blake feels. And I think that I think that's what you're seeing is that he's like, yeah, I'm good. My bike's good. I'm finally at 100%. Everything's clicking. I'm not hurt. And I don't I don't really, you know, like I'm not worried about Eli. Like, I, I feel like I can beat him. And I, I don't know if it's coming out exactly how he wants, or maybe it is. But I think that's where it comes from, is that most of these guys deep down, I really believe they're like, eh, I don't know if I can beat that number three guy. But I think Blake feels like he can. And uh, this summer is going to tell the story whether he can or not. But I think He's just voicing that as far as like, yep, I don't really care about Tomac. I'm here to win. They, uh, 
So again, he didn't say too much this week. But one of the questions was, do you think, like you, all the stuff that you'd said after the race, maybe fired Eli up, and uh, Blake was like, I don't really know, but I got the red plate. I didn't have it last week. And now I got the red plate. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he cares. I really don't. Like yeah. I don't think he cares whether his comments motivate Eli or not because I, I truly think he believes that he's going to beat Eli outdoors if everything's equal. And I mean, that's a, that's a very confident and bold statement, but I think that's truly deep down. I think that's what Blake believes. Yeah, no, it's great for us. We talked about it. Well, you weren't on our pod last week, so why well, can't talked about it too? Like it was like some guy coming off the bench and just draining threes and then coming in and, you know, like a good solid player saying, yeah, I got LeBron. I got LeBron handled. So, cause if you look at career 450 wins, it's, what twenty to two, you know, indoors and out. Yeah, no, right? for sure. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Blake's. I think Blake's confidence comes back from those twenty twelve and you know seasons like that yeah. where he was the guy. He uh-huh. was the guy, and he didn't. He didn't care who was out there when he was feeling it. And that's really the last time we've seen him on this sort of level. He didn't care. <laughs> he was the same thing. Like he's confident. He's like, yeah, I'm the best guy. Whatever. Like I don't care. You can be mad or not mad or motivated or whatever, um, you're still going to get beat. Yeah. So well, um, I just think that's being voiced. And people aren't taking it all that well, which I completely understand, as good as Eli's been. But I, I don't think – I really don't think Blake cares so much. No, and, and it's a little bit, you know, our buddy the 22, also irrationally confident many times. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think, I think Blake's been beaten down. You know, I think Chad has the ability to be beaten down over and over and over and even come back the next weekend and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to win. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> I think Blake's been beaten down for so long and had such a rough go that it's taken it's taken him a long time to get back to this level and I I think he's ready to uh ready to let everyone know that he's he's ready to actually battle to win and uh not just be out there and and riding around in the top 10 like he's been for the last few years. So, okay, before we wrap this Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects up. Uh, four down now, eight to go. Who do you like for these titles? 250. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Zacho. Um, did you pick Jmart? I like what he's beginning of the year. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, but I, I just like where Zacho's at. I think uh, I, my biggest concern was his starts, and he's been getting them. Even this weekend, he his second moto, he kind of blew it. He had a he didn't get a good jump. He was in mid pack, and he fought through and was able to get a second. Um, I just uh, I like what I see from him. He's confident, and I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's nervous at all. You know, I think winning the Supercross title helped him quite a bit as far as this whole scenario, as far as leading a championship and dealing with pressure and any of that. Um, so I'll go with Zacho. If Jmart wins, it's not going to be a shot. No, yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll take Zacho. And then uh, 450, I'm going to go with Blake. Um, I still I still go back to what I said. You guys called me crazy and not to worry and all that stuff. But Eli keeps making mistakes. And I'm not saying he's not the fastest guy. I'm not. I, but you can't crash. You can't have bike issues. You can't keep giving points away. It's gonna. It's gonna bite you. It bought him. It bit him in Supercross, and it's biting him right now. You know. And there's a lot of racing left. I get it. I'm not saying Eli's not the fastest guy, but uh, until he figures out how to put one ones on the yeah. board consistently and and put this thing out of reach, uh, it's gonna be in the conversation over and over. And he, you know, he doesn't even have the red plate where. We're a third of the way through the season, and he's he's not winning the championship. Three moto wins to uh, to two for Tomac, but yep. Wait, yeah. And I, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying yeah, he's not three. better. Yeah, 
Um, but it's you, you've got to have the whole package together. And Blake's too solid right now. You know, Blake was in eighth, eighth place or whatever and fought up to second, and I don't see anything that tells me he's not going to be in the top three every moto for now. So it's uh, it, it puts a lot of pressure on Eli. You can't go out there and get 11th in a moto. You just can't. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll stick with my preseason. I'll go. Tomac, Tomac, Osborne. I'll stick with my preseason. Yeah, I mean that's. Yep. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you tell me Eli ends up winning this yeah. title. It's not a shock. You no, know? It's, no, not at all. Uh, it was my pick. My pick as well. So. Uh, all right, we. Uh, I don't think we got the word of the day in, so maybe we'll just roll it over. I got to find out. If, he didn't get it. I don't oh, know. Man. I can't seem to get. I can't seem to get to the bottom of it. Um, we'll, we can roll it over to Muddy. Well, Gray, so. usually. Usually we hear right away via Twitter, so yes. I would assume he didn't get it. I, uh, I will not be at Muddy Creek this weekend. No wow. Muddy, no Muddy Bold. Creek for me. Yes, I will be skipping two races this Outdoor National Series. Muddy Creek is one of them. Which will be the other? Uh, Unadilla? Well, we'll no. let everybody hang. We'll let everybody hang on that. And just, they it's can... going to be Unadilla for sure. It'll be Unadilla. We'll see. We'll see. I got them all booked except for two. Um I got to go up to, to WPS and so uh, go visit you guys. And uh, go, I'm going up to Canada after Red Buds. So I just decided, you know, Muddy Creek, it, like it does nothing for me. Like it's expensive to go to, kind of a pain to drive yep. there. I'm not stoked on the racing slash track ever. Like I'm like, eh, you know. So sorry to people at Muddy Creek. Apologize, yeah. but. I'm not going either. I, I considered going. It was a possibility, but the flight was $1,000. And yeah, just yeah. not going. So I can I'm go. I can go to Knoxville, or for like four hundred more, I can go to Paris. <laughs> right? Like seriously, it's it's ridiculous. It's just it's so stupid. Yeah, I know it was a thousand dollars from Boise. Yeah, and I've never I, flown into Tri Cities because it's and that's even more. Oh money. no! Oh, it's super good. Yeah, it's super convenient. Well, I mean, it's yeah. If I had to go, I mean, uh, you know, WPS is awesome, and they would they would pay for it, but. And I would find the Tri-Cities because it was fantastic. It's literally a mile from the track. I would, but, uh, if you yeah. want to change the sentence, if I went into Tri-City, I would stop one less time and pay the same price and go to Paris. <laughs> like seriously, that's how it would be. I would. It would be a. Yeah. A, it would be a twelve to thirteen hundred dollar ticket. I would have two layovers on United, and uh, so I could go to uh, Tri-Cities Airport or Paris. And uh, and get the parachute here. You should ask Pookie. You should ask Pookie. Which would you prefer doing? You want to go to Muddy Creek, <laughs> or do you want to go to Paris? Right. Exactly. Something is wrong with the United slash national travel schedule. When those are the issues I have, I can go to Paris easier than Tri City Airport. <laughs> so um, yeah. So I'm not going to be going. So I'll be I'll be stuck on the TV. But that's um, okay. Uh, all right. Maybe we could do uh, maybe we could do some sort of. Uh, should we do something live? Maybe. Oh, like the live supercar show or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like a Pulpamex live national show. We just make fun of Wygan. Make fun of Wygan and Langston the <laughs> whole time. Yep. Uh, by the way, another shocker besides the RV comments, uh, they had a Friday night uh, festivities at the track with RV and it rained so no one could ride, but plenty of good times were had. I take it from everybody. Um, except one of the biggest shockers is I saw Langston Saturday morning and I'm like, how was it last night? He's like, I didn't go. I'm like a Friday night national party, and you didn't go. <laughs> Another yeah, shot. I would have liked to bet the the, uh, the the under on that one. Oh yeah, I I didn't even ask him. <laughs> I just said, "How was it?" Like I just you know just of course you went, Langston. You know, it's to an official like Friday night party. But GL man, yep, yep. GL. Huh. Never know. Wild card. Yeah. 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, Fly Racing, Alpine Star Protects. We thank those guys for coming on board. This has been your High Point Review. And uh, right from the words of Damon Bradshaw, it was okay. <laughs> um, JC, thanks. See ya. Thanks, and we'll talk next week. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,